Hey, today is my now four-year-old Baylor's birthday. And so we're talking about that moment and my birth experience, um, but really driving into the reawakening of my soul. Like Emery, Emery was very much a line in the sand and this moment that like things would never be the same, but Baylor was this like regaining of my passion for life, regaining and re-remembrance of who I'm supposed to be showing up in this world. I mean, Baylor's birth and existence relit my soul because of who she is and how she shows up in this world and this remembrance of who I used to be. And so I hope that you enjoy this personal look into my life and the people who surround me in this world um, and the ability that those people coming into our lives have to completely flip the script on us. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Please go ahead and connect with me, reach out. I'd love to hear from you if anything is hitting you. I hope that this story inspires you to look at how the people in your life have changed you, have had these similar moments for you. And if they haven't, maybe this story will help you to start to look at how those people are put into your life to show you, to reawaken you the same way that my children and my husband were put into mine. Let's dive in. This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. We talk about your dreams, where they died, why they died, how you come back, how you recover from that death, where you wrote yourself off, and why you never thought you should dream again. That's what we dive into every day. It is a one-on-one look at the rebirth and recovery of you taking hold of your life and living your life on your terms. Please join us. Hey, we are going to go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness this morning. Uh, My great thing really has just been continuing, right? Just knowing, breathing in and out, hearing doubt, and not letting that get to me. I don't know how to describe to people how insanely in the know you are, how capable you are of just listening to your body and your mind and how it won't steer you wrong. It just isn't going to. And I think we're told the opposite our entire lives, that we should not listen, that we should turn away from this voice that's kind of telling us where to go in life. And 
I believe you should turn to it. I just do. And I can only speak from the knowing inside my own soul and the fear that that has presented in a lot of other people's. (laughs) And that's just part of it, right? And you owe it to yourself to keep trusting what you know, period. You do. You know you've always known, and you should just start listening to that person, period, and no one else. And everyone's going to have an opinion, and they're going to sit in rooms and talk about you for no reason at all. (laughs) But what you can trust and know is that you'll fall off of that radar soon. And you just have to hold out. You will no longer be a topic of discussion. Just hold on. You got this. Um, So that's been my great thing, is really just holding on to what I know and what my body and mind are telling me and choosing to ignore (laughs) what other people are saying or what they want to believe about me and the fears that they have, which really generally they're just fears for themselves and continuing down regardless, because this will be the hardest part of you making this decision and making the decision to show back up for your life, making the decision to maybe take a detour, maybe take a big turn like a hard right in your life and just go there, right? And people are going to question that no matter what change is uncomfortable, okay? But you owe it to yourself to keep going. You know, you know, you know. So let's dive in. Today is the day, the actual day that my second child, Baylor, was born. And gosh, I thought that my life had been set on a different trajectory when Emery was born, my first child. And it was, but this is what I am here to tell you. The trajectory was nothing compared to Baylor. When Baylor was born, it was like this complete reawakening of myself. Like, I can't even explain it. So, when I got pregnant with Baylor, I think, you know, it was very timed out. It was very official. Like, we wanted her to be born in June. We wanted all these things. Her due date was July. Um, And we had this knowing that we would probably suffer from the same condition that we did with Emery. So I think we were prepared 
for more of a June delivery date. Um, and obviously June 19th, Miss Baylor was brought into this world and she just brought this new vision and passion and fury. And so the day, so <laughs> we were supposed to be induced that Monday because similar to Emery, I started testing high. Um, my levels started testing high. And so they decided to induce at 36, 37 weeks. And so we were scheduled for that Monday. And I remember waking up at like 3 a.m. on that Saturday morning and feeling contraction, pretty strong contraction. So I get up, I take a shower, and I'm like, Jordan, I don't know. I think today could be the day. Like, I know that's crazy, but man, these are pretty strong. So I take a shower, I go downstairs, I lay down for a little bit, I wake up, I'm starting to feel the contractions lessen, but I'm like, hey, let's keep this going. We're already supposed to be induced Monday. We don't want to be induced. We don't like that. That was not a good thing for us. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's go walk. So I just start walking and I call my sister and I'm like, hey, we probably need you to take Emery. And I'm walking and I'm feeling these and just continuing <laughs> to walk. And I probably walk all around our little town. And I get back home and they're not going away. So I call the doctor. Hey, do you want us to come in? Yep, it's pretty slow. You could come in. We can check you out. And it just so happens that my favorite midwife was on that day. And she says, you know, your body's doing what we want it to do. Let's just, let's just do this. Like, let's just keep you. Let's have this baby today. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So we just walk. Like every time I stop walking, the contractions fall back a little bit and we walk and walk and walk and walk. And we walk all the way into that Sunday and we're kind of just bouncing back and forth with like contractions. They're coming and going, but they're not like staying and progressing to the point where we're going to have this baby. So Sunday morning, the midwife comes in and she's like, Hey, we've been doing this for a while. What do you want to do? Which compared to Emery, that was such a baller move by her <laughs> because with Emery, it was just like, I felt like all the decisions were already made for me. And they definitely were not made with me at all. They would come in, kind of ask, but pretty much tell me what we were going to do next. And, you know, the midwife came in. She's like, here's what we're looking at. Here's what's going on. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do an epidural. I don't want to go down that path. I really don't want to do Pitocin. It just was so hard to manage last time. But what 
what do you think? And she's like, here's what I see. We've, we're beyond 24 hours at this point. We're not moving in a direction. We're just kind of contracting, but we're not moving towards the finish line, right? She's like, so let me just give you Pitocin. But the second that it starts to seem like too much, we're going to pull it. But I, I need to like get us over that threshold. Let's get over that. But I need you to be able to stay in control because if you want to do this pain-free, obviously Pitocin is going to put you in a place where you can't recover. And so she's like, so let's, you and me, let's do this together. But you just, we got to get you past this. And so we do the Pitocin and stuff starts speeding up like, okay, we're, we're good. We're ready. Baby's going to be here. And I remember sending people out of my room like, okay, we're ready. Like, this is a lot. This is a lot to handle. These are intense contractions. And so everybody kind of comes in and my midwife was just like hanging out in my room with us. Just chilling. Okay. Yeah. You're feeling, what do you feel like? Kind of feel like I need to push. Okay. Let's do that. Let's just do what your body's telling you. What's your body telling you? Push. Okay. So we kind of go down this push train. I start getting in all these crazy <laughs> positions um, to start the this idea of pushing this baby out. And I'm feeling this need to push and my midwife has a student at this point. So the student comes over and she's like, let's check her. Let's just check her, see how she's doing, where she's at, see how close we are. And so I'm feeling so much intensity. I'm feeling this baby like need to come out. And the student comes over and she checks me and she's like, yeah, she's six. And if you're having a baby, you need to be at a 10. And I remember looking at that student, looking at my husband, and then going hard into my mental space and being like, not today. We are not a six right now. And that fury, like, no. No, that number's not going to work. This baby is coming out. And so she would check me and th three pushes later. I mean, I am telling you, when she said that number, I was just like, huh, we're, we're going to need to take a breath on that one because uh, this mom's feeling like a 10. In fact, I'm feeling like a 12. This baby's coming out. And so officially... Three pushes after she told me I was a six, that baby was out of me. I could not wait to be a 10. There is not a chance. And I don't know, you know, now looking back, it's like she could have just maybe checked me wrong. I don't know. But I am telling you, when she said that number six, I reached deep into a new place. And I said, gather up every ounce of strength that you have and push this baby out because this shit hurts. 
okay? We're not staying here long. We can't hang out here for four more centimeters. No, thank you. No, thank you. And so I just pushed this beautiful baby out and no one was prepared for it because everyone's like, oh, we're a six. We got a while. This girl has gone crazy. And I was just like, there is no way. No way. And so I start pushing and everybody's like, oh, and we don't like get repositioned because everyone's like, oh, she's a six. going to be a while. And then all of a sudden this baby starts coming out and everybody's like, oh, oh, shoot. That's another level. Okay. Right. And so, boom, we push this baby out and Baylor just comes out. And unlike Emery, Emery's this like silent, beautiful, questionable, like she's just taken in the earth. And Baylor was just like, oh, hey. Yeah. And she's screaming and she's on my chest. And it's just amazing because it's everything, everything that I imagined this birth and my birth prior would be like it was this reawakening of my soul it was this re-realization of my husband that like my wife is capable of anything at this point in fact to scary levels my wife is capable of anything and I am now a little in fear of her yeah a little bit kind of scary it's kind of scary to think of how much pain she just felt and she just kept going. And she had the option to not feel it at all. And she just kept going. Okay? Yeah. That's a little scary, right? And so Baylor every day from that day was like this great new reignitement of my soul and Emery reignited it but Baylor was like the explanation point on this journey and so after Baylor was born it really was like okay now you have two and you you are the one who is going to show them how to do this You can't just keep sitting here idle waiting for your life to happen to you. You can't. You have the biggest responsibility in this world right now. And what are you showing them? Right? And so Baylor really made me start to look inward. Start to look at myself as like... When Emery was born, it was like, okay, there's there's stuff that we need to get over. There's like things that we need to do. If we want to start living our life, we need to start getting this right. We can't keep doing the same stuff and expecting different results. And so Emery would unleash this um, taking back of our life and our responsibility for it. But Baylor would unleash this whole new responsibility for showing our children how to decide your life and why you should. And so Baylor 
Baylor would start this idea that I wanted to write or I wanted to speak and she would ignite that. And that's like three years to this date ago that I decide that I want to start writing and, and getting ideas out there. And it came from that moment. And it's so crazy because Emery and Baylor are very, very different souls. Um, but I think some of it has to do with how empowering Baylor's entire birth experience was. It was just like, oh, I thought that I was just this meek, feeble soul, that I was just capable and strong, but the moment that I went through that birth experience, I was just like, oh no. I thought I was just kind of a giraffe running around, sticking my head in things, enjoying life. And after I gave birth to Baylor, I realized that I am a frigging lioness. Okay? Can't undo that. Can't undo that experience. Can't, won't. Right. And so I start walking down this path and I just start realizing how freaking capable I am finally. And I start remembering, re-remembering what it felt like to be kind of that person. And I was that person for so long. I was this like fiery, passionate lion that just owned the freaking room and the court and all the things. And it had been such a long time since I had felt like that. And giving birth that day reawoken that girl, brought her back so fast. And I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but I remember on like that second push, this realization that everything changes from here. That I can't forget who this person was. And so over the next three, four years, four, oh my gosh, I have a four-year-old. Over the next four years, it would be this walking into and re-remembering who that person was and how to pull her out. Because for the longest time, it was just kind of like that person really only belongs in a sports arena. And I can't really be that person fully there because I'm not playing anymore, right? And I can't play and all these things. And so where does this girl belong? This passionate, driven, amazing instance of a person, where does she belong now? And the reawakening of that soul started four years ago. Sorry, I think I said three, but I'm really not really handling that I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Like, this is blowing my entire mind. I can't even have a 
decent reaction right now because it hasn't fully sunk in. So that day would just reawaken me forever. And instead of trying to find where she fit, trying to recreate where I had already fit, I had to create new space for this person because she didn't belong on a volleyball court anymore. And if she didn't belong, as I rediscover where she fit, I would have to come up with where she belonged now. And I would have to create a new space. That's what this very podcast is, right? Because sometimes you aren't built to belong. Sometimes you're built to create something new. And when I start to realize that those stages that I had been welcomed on weren't where it was going to be anymore, I start to realize that fine, maybe it's writing, fine, maybe it's speaking, fine, maybe it's this or that. But those things that you love about volleyball, that you loved about volleyball can happen somewhere else. You're just going to have to build it. And so, yeah, four years ago, I start building start figuring out three years ago, I would have bought, uh, oh my gosh, no, that was four years ago. Now I would have bought a laptop that I could kind of write anywhere. Um, and I would start down this adventure and it all stemmed from that birth moment. It just did. And with Emory, it was like, okay, I have this responsibility. We better start getting stuff right. And I would start doing that work. But with Baylor, it was just like this whole new remembrance and understanding that I am fierce beyond my years. That I am capable, that I deserve to show up in the world as I am called, as I enjoy showing up in the world. And gosh, Baylor has just been that light for me her entire existence. She just has, and she continues to be. And her favorite color is red, and she just has this blatant unawareness that the rest of the world exists. Like, Baylor just knows in her soul who she is, and how she's supposed to show up. And she doesn't really question that at all. And I can only imagine, as I hear from my parents, that this is how I showed up in the world. And Baylor's not fragile, and she's just so sure all the time. She has this sureness and confidence that, I mean, the way that she speaks about things as three-year-old, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you must be right. And then I'm like, hold on, wait a second. You're three. Uh, no, let's take that a step back, right? But she just knows. 
she's so wise already. And one of the reawakening parts, and I talked about it on this podcast, was probably about three or four months ago when I always speak these mantras to them every night before they go to bed. And I say what I say when I end this podcast. And I've been doing that for three years now, um, before they go to bed, kissing them and saying, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? And then they repeat back, change the world. And about three or four months ago, Baylor, my wise three-year-old says it back to me. And this is the first time that that would happen since I started doing this. And she says, mom, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? And obviously I have to repeat back, change the world. And I start to realize that she's right. What am I going to do? Why am I not holding myself to the same standard that I'm holding them? Why am I not saying these same things to myself? Right? Why am I just holding this for them? And them only. I am just as capable. I should be just as sure of these things as they are. And so I start to realize that like, hey, buck up, right? And Baylor constantly keeps me in check of that. And she reminds me of the person that I naturally am. And she helps me to not fight that. She helps me to continue walking in that path. And she's a constant reminder of who I used to be. And so when I look to who I want to be, when I'm just walking in this earth flawlessly and knowingly, Baylor is that person. And if you ever have the chance to meet her, you will see it just radiates this knowledge of who she is and sureness of who she wants to be. It's amazing. And honestly, it's inspiring. And I think so many times, you know, we're called to kind of cover that up. And I think to protect her from, you know, feeling silly, but I don't think Baylor's ever going to feel silly because I don't think she's wrong a whole lot. She's just ever knowing and present and so beautiful in the way that she walks in this world. And I can only hope to have an ounce of that confidence back. And she helps me to remember who I am and how I should be showing up in this world. And she has done that since the day she was born. Baylor is a light. Baylor is a frigging lighthouse. And she and her entire birth experience reawoken, relit this idea of remembering the passionate, knowing woman that I used to be. And 
every day since the four years that Baylor was born, that light has been relit more and more and more. And so to my four-year-old, Baylor, may you just ever know and walk in that journey of life with that awareness. Don't cover that up. You know, trust it. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. So if you want to check out all things the death of a dream, you can head over to nussink.com. That's where you'll find me. Uh, Go ahead and jump into the chat. Talk to me. Otherwise, you can follow me on all socials um, at the death of a dream. You should be able to just search it uh, to like and follow me for additional content, for additional resources. That's where you can find me if you just want more The Death of a Dream. If you like this podcast, uh, I would be so grateful for your review anywhere that you listen. Uh, That always helps us podcasters continue to grow in this trade. So I'd be super grateful for you to pop over there and talk about how this podcast helped you. As always, I'd love to connect with you. Go ahead and reach out. Let's chat about what you have going on.